Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Friday, August the 20th, 2021. Hopefully, it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. On today's episode, we are talking about fiber, freedom, and finances, and not necessarily in that order. And I know as you're hearing that or read the title, you're like, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever, but here I am, and this is what we're doing today. So before we jump into the episode in detail, the podcast is brought to you by my homies at Beam CBD. This is the CBD product I take every single night before I go to sleep. I take the Dream product specifically. It has 20 milligrams of nano CBD, melatonin, theanine in there. Uh, They have a pill form and a powder form. I honestly like both. I take it about an hour before I go to sleep. Helps me not only just fall asleep, but I feel like I stay asleep a lot longer. When I do track it, I look at the latency. I wake up less often than I do if I do not take it. And I probably am taking it usually five or six days a week because I get up so, so freaking early. Uh, It does help me not feel groggy, hungover. It's not habit forming. Uh, They have a ton of products on the site, but I do use that one uh, more often than not. My wife uses the tinctures, uh, some of the soft tissue uh, salves like on her muscles. If you guys want to check it out, beamtlc.com. The code is Jeremy Scott. We can always get you guys 20% off all the products and 35% off all subscriptions. Does that sound right? Yeah, I think that's right. I'm losing my mind today. Uh, Or if you guys want to try a sample of the dream, hit me up. Monica will send you a pack right to your front door. You can try it for a couple nights, see what you think, and then get hooked up with all the discounts. So hit us up. Otherwise, the site beamtlc.com, the code Jeremy Scott gets you guys hooked up. Also, we got a new sponsor of the podcast, my homie at Joey's Hot Sauce. Now, this stuff can be a little bit hot or this stuff can be like light your face on fire hot. It really is up to you. The one I'm looking at right now is called the 50-50. Now this hot sauce is a mix of their Hellraiser, which is the hottest sauce they make. The Hellraiser doesn't sound like something I want to put in my mouth or have come up my butt, but that's just me. Uh, and they also have one that's like a medium heat that's called Priscilla the Creeper. That sounds more realistic. Uh, but the site is joeyshotsauce.com. You can put in the code Jeremy25 to always get 25% off. Now, full disclaimer here, I can't really handle hot sauces. I'm from the Midwest. We use ketchup and ranch on basically everything and maybe eat tater tot hot dish. Shout out to my people in the Midwest. You know what I'm talking about. But my wife does like this uh, on eggs and chicken and other things. Everybody here in the office, Monica, um, grew up in Nogales, so she can get down with the hot sauce. Uh, My kid Alec here, he likes it as well. He can handle hot sauce. I cannot, but Joey's hot sauce is the real deal. There is no sugar in it. Um, This dude is using all organic ingredients, which is pretty legit. No preservatives, no sugar, and no bullshit. It's real deal. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see the bottle right here. But again, if you guys want a discount code, it's Jeremy25 to get 25% off all of the hot sauces at joeyshotsauce.com. Dude makes it in Grants Pass, Oregon. I'm sure my wife will love that since she's a PNW homer. But uh, cool dude. He's on Instagram as well and uh, sponsoring the podcast. And everybody seems to love it that we give out to. Uh, I might actually do a giveaway on Instagram as well for some of the bottles. But I can't handle hot sauce. I'm, I can't even eat like things like Chipotle. But uh, everybody tells me it's legit. I agree with the ingredients. Nice dude. My wife loves it. So 
they're a sponsor of the podcast. Also, we're brought to you by my homies at Athletic Greens. You guys already know the one thing I take every single day. I never bullshit you. I can't eat enough vegetables. None of you listening probably do either. So this is how I covered the gaps in my nutrition. There's a probiotic in there, a digestive enzyme in there, and it gives you all the micronutrients you need in one easy scoop. Put it in water, shake it, slam it, you're good to go. I have drinking way worse stuff. I remember as a kid, like drinking piss warm bush lights. And if I can do that, I can drink athletic greens, which tastes a thousand times better and is good for you. If you guys want to try it, we can give you a year supply of vitamin D for free, which you should already be taking because it's essential for your immune system and overall health. But we'll give you a year supply of vitamin D for free and five free travel packs with your first order. Or if you're not sure you want to spend the money yet, hit me up. I will send you a pack right to your front door. More so Monica will, but I'll organize it and I'll have her send you a pack. I don't care what state, country, Providence you live in, we'll get you a pack to try. You'll be like, wow, it actually tastes great, and then get hooked up with all the free stuff. The site is athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott to get a year's supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order, or hit us up and we'll get you a free sample. Again, you guys, it's the best tasting greens, and if you're talking micro from micro, nothing can fuck with it. It's the best, hands down. I believe in it. That's why I talk about it. That's why I've worked with them for the last probably almost six years now, and uh, I put it in my own body every single day. And last but not least, if you guys have ever wanted to jump into trying like a collagen product, uh, my friends at JLab Pro have given me an awesome discount for you to try. Now, obviously, if you guys are not familiar with uh, like the collagen complexes, you know, what they're good for, who uses them, basically how my, you know, idiot brain kind of thinks of it is if you're somebody who, you know, wants to take care of their cartilage for flexibility, joint lubrication, bone protection, uh, skin and nails, which none of us wants to look, you know, super old, even though Father Time is tracking us down. Collagen, the type 2 specifically, and they're doing types 1, 2, and 3 in this product, it can get you guys on the right track. It's actually a no-brainer if those things are important to you. Um, And it's worth a shot. So we have a discount code. It's actually JSF40 for 40% off, and the site is jeremyscottfitness.jlabpro. Um, just click the collagen icon, buy it, put the code in, and you basically get it for almost half price. Or hit me up, and I can share the link with you guys. He did that for me specifically. I don't know of anybody else who can get you that gangster of a discount, but that's what we got going on today. Whew, that is a mouthful, my friends. Okay. It's Friday, early afternoon. Admittedly, I'm tired. I don't know why. I haven't worked out yet, but maybe this will wake my ass up. And we have not been on the podcast for over a week, which is rare. But with traveling, uh, my birthday, my wife drug my old ass uh, down to a beautiful resort here in Arizona, which is actually my favorite Ritz-Carlton property in the state. Um, I don't think we only have two. Is there one going to be here in Scottsdale? Anyways, it's this place called Dove Mountain. Uh, it's close to Tucson, but it's not Tucson. It's actually like built right into the mountains. I could live there, uh, for sure. It is one of my all time favorites. It doesn't matter if it's summer or winter. It's a great place to be. Uh, very nice of her to take me there, organize it. That's all on her. Heather, thank you. If you guys ever get a chance, you know, definitely check it out. It's, it's worth, if you can ever get a deal, it is not cheap for the normal person, but it definitely is uh, it's a great experience. Very relaxing. You can also be super active as well. Went hiking for like six miles, 
didn't wear sunscreen because it was cloudy like a dumbass and sunburn my shoulders and my shaved head. So here I sit the week later like an idiot, but it was a great time. So we haven't been here for a week. Uh, I put this together in a couple parts because I think it's important to share with you guys. Originally, I was going to talk about fiber and digestive health, which I do think is critical and crucial for all of you. I think there is a lack of education on fiber and the benefits it can have in your body, not only for uh, digestion, uh, staying regular, but all the other health benefits in terms of even like things like fullness, uh, satiety, uh, fat loss, uh, cholesterol. There's, there's a myriad of benefits that oftentimes people don't talk about. Maybe even your physician is not sure with you. So that's what kind of birthed this whole podcast. And we've been asking questions on IG, which most of those I'm going to try to get to with uh, Heather to, or Sunday, I believe. I'll get her on the podcast on the 22nd. But one keeps coming up repeatedly. Uh, and I want to touch on it in a way where it makes sense and you can understand where I'm coming from. And a lot of people ask about COVID. They ask about the pandemic. They ask about uh, the vaccine. What's my stance, you know, all the way around. And obviously, if you guys have been listening to me for years, specifically probably the last 18 months that we've been dealing with this horse shit, um, I think you kind of know my stance and where I sit, but I'm going to try to paint a picture of how I think we've shit the bed. Uh, I think globally, um, I, I can't speak to every other country because I don't live there, but particularly in America. And I'm going to pull a couple things from the Mayo Clinic. I'm going to pull a couple things from Tommy Baker. I'm going to pull a couple things from Alan Cosgrove. These guys put out some some nice little snippets, and I'm going to kind of walk you through here. And when people ask, you know, how do I think they should go about, you know, living their life moving forward in this weird season we're in, in terms of, you know, do I get vaccinated? Do I not get vaccinated? Um, what should I do with my body? How should I live my life? First of all, I'm an idiot. Uh, I'm just a fitness dude, you know, who teaches bear crawls for a living. So don't listen to me uh, in terms of medical advice. Uh, I'm a gorilla in a warehouse, if you will. Uh, just let me loose and let me do my thing and I'll film the stuff and you can take from it what you want. And while I'm not a medical professional, I am a health professional. And John Goodman put out a nice little clip today and he said, I think good trainers should be paid more than physicians. Now, some of us are. Some of us who have figured out the game, and I don't mean the fitness game, and that's the sad part. You have to figure out the internet and the business part. For There is those us who are in this weird space in fitness who we out-earn physicians. That's just reality. That's not a flex. It's not a brag. It's just the fucking truth. Um, we can touch more people. We have uh, bigger reach. Uh, we can work with a broader audience. The internet has allowed us to scale at a way that we never could before. Um, that's just the nuts and bolts of it. And I do think as health professionals, which is what I would classify us as, I wouldn't necessarily classify all medical people as health professionals. And that's going to hurt a lot of people who work in that industry. And if it does, maybe I'm talking about you, maybe I'm not. But they are always not one in the same. And I'm going to get into that more in detail. But health professionals are people who look at it from a well-rounded perspective. 
And then there's medical people who sometimes just operate in a singular lane, and that's fine. If all you do is ankle surgeries all day, and you're 400 pounds, and you're trying to give me nutrition advice, I have a hard time listening to it if you're not practicing what you're preaching, which I'm going to go into in greater detail. My problem with what's going on right now, with all the pandemic shit, again, I'm not in a position to make decisions uh, at a higher you know, government level, but I do have a certain level of influence and reach here to share my thoughts about what I think is off about it. And the question I would ask is, why in the fuck are we not being encouraged to pursue the improvement of our overall physical health? Like, why is that not talked about every single day? It is almost completely ignored at this point. And that's the thing that's really pissed me off because we have had a great chance. And I've talked about this before in great length. I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole. We have had a great opportunity when you had the world and the nation listening to you where you could be saying, okay, we can do all these things, these mitigation tactics, if you will, but the number one thing you can do as an individual is improve your overall health. We have not been saying that. We've just been saying, do these three things, you know, stay away from people, stay at home, uh, wear a mask, get a shot, but none of these other things are talked about. They're ignored. That's the problem I have with a lot of this stuff going on because if we can do that, if we can individually take responsibility for the shape we're in, how we sleep, how we eat, how we train, what we drink, we can improve our overall metabolic health. We can improve our immune system. We can basically fucking bulletproof ourselves so when shit does come our way, because if you're breathing air, you're breathing the shit that's going on out there, you are better protected. You don't have two, three, four, five comorbidities dragging you down into the shit. That's the problem. And, you know, I think if we really gave a shit about health, we would at least have a chat, like maybe weekly, about things like heart disease, which I've shared before, kills 655,000 people per year in the U.S. Let me spit that again in case you're new to the podcast and you haven't heard me say that before. I think we have a whole episode actually on heart disease but if we cared about health, like we really cared about health and not overwhelming the healthcare system and not collapsing it and not fucking everything up, and we didn't just care about money, because I hate to be cynical, but a lot of these things are money driven. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of money in really healthy people. There just isn't for these pharmaceutical companies. And that's that's not me, you know, wearing a tinfoil hat, that's just me kicking you guys the real. It's the truth. I don't take prescription drugs. I'm not on medications. I'm worth fucking zero. So a person like me is not good for the system financially. And you can't be naive enough to, to think that these are not incentives for a lot of things going on. But if we cared about health, we truly cared about it. We would talk about heart disease and how it kills 655,000 people per year. That's one in every four deaths. That means a person dies every 36 seconds of it and we don't talk about it. We don't even mention it every day. We don't have a tracker. There's not a ticker on the screen. The news channels aren't talking about the heart disease cases today. In fact, we're giving away cheeseburgers and beers and donuts and ice cream to get a shot. 
Like, are you fucking serious? Like, you want me to buy into something when we're not trying to fix the biggest problem. We're trying to put a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound, people. And I hear people right now listening to this who are just going to want to crush me, and that's fine. And you're saying, well, Jeremy, you know, heart disease is not transmissible. I understand that. And I get it. But it does place a huge burden on hospitals and the healthcare system. And we know at this point, if you are healthier, you are better protected, not just during a pandemic, but from all diseases. But do we hear the media? Do we hear the government urging people to eat better, get quality sleep, meditate, move more? No, we don't. And that's the problem. That's the biggest issue I have with all these things. So you can do whatever mitigation tactics you need to for your own self, you know. At the end of the day, I'm a fan of each individual taking care of their individual body. And I, I've talked about this real quickly, and I'll go through it. I don't want to hurt people's feelings, but not all medical people are health people. Meaning that all medical people do not have a well-rounded education and outlook on health. They don't practice what they preach. And we've all seen it. We've all experienced it. Doctors, nurses, anybody who works in a hospital setting who's actually caring for patients. Some of those folks are 50, 75, 100 pounds overweight, smoking cigarettes, eating shit, drinking booze nonstop. They have chronic bad habits, yet they're giving you quote unquote health advice. And I'm not saying you got to be shredded. I'm not saying you got to be a cover model, but you need to be educated in a 360 circle here, not just in a very narrow lane. You have to have an overall approach to health and wellness and taking care of the body and you got to practice what you preach a little bit. Now, I ain't saying you got to be perfect, but if you're 100 pounds puffing heaters telling me this is what I got to do to stay healthy, I got a real hard time buying it, dude. Like, you're a hypocrite. I wouldn't take golf advice from me because I suck, but I'd listen to Tiger. I'd listen to Phil. Why? Because they've been through it. And they're living it 24-7, and they have the experience and the knowledge and the expertise. And it's the same way I think about this. Now, I'm not bagging on medical people. I got about 20 physicians here. I have, you know, C-level hospital people here. I have a ton of nurses here, uh, dentists. I can go down the list. I talk to more medical people in a week than a normal person does in their entire life because they're clients of mine. They're athletes here. And now I have access to a circle of people that very few others do. And some of them are amazing. Some of them are true health people. Some of them are just medical people. And that's fine. But you have to understand there is a difference between the two. So are you listening to just a medical person or a health person when you're taking advice for things? And that's up to you. You know, the hard part is you can't just throw these Band-Aids on these massive bleeding wounds we have going on in the healthcare system and think it's going to fix it. You can't. You can't just take a pill and get a shot and think everything's going to be okay. You know, that stuff, it can help for sure. It can make a difference. But the key is how you're eating, how you're training, how you're sleeping, how you're living daily. That, my friends, is the bigger component. And that's something that, 
you know, we have not talked about in great lengths. And I think we need to, um, whether it's people like me, uh, I'd love to see it by people who have, you know, primetime TV spots where it seems to reach a pretty big number of people, although these podcasts are becoming ridiculously bigger. So we are making a dent in it. But I want to share this from Alan Cosgrove, who wrote this specifically about the pandemic and COVID. And for us as health professionals, it does piss us off that, you know, we got put into a box early on of like, well, the gyms are dangerous and they're killing people and all this other horse shit. But you could go to Chuck E. Cheese, Dave and Buster's and Costco and Home Depot and do whatever. Hopefully that never happens again. And they start to understand the importance of like what we are doing. But he shared a bunch of stats here that I want to rattle off quick. The CDC reported that obesity increased the risk of hospitalization from COVID by over 700%. The CDC. I don't care who, if you want to believe the who or the CDC or you mix and match them or you think they're all full of shit, that's up to you. But a lot of people, when you give them kickback on certain statistics and things, these are the people that they will cite. So the CDC reports that obesity increases the risk of hospitalization from COVID by over 700%. So what does that tell you? If you're not obese, your risk of being hospitalized from COVID already goes down drastically. That we know. It's not my opinion. This is data. Poor cardiovascular fitness is also an increased risk factor. So people who are not moving and sedentary and don't have a decent cardiovascular system are at an increased risk of COVID. A study from the University of Virginia found exercise reduced a person's risk of even contracting the virus because they are healthier overall, like any other disease. Exercise is also known to impact and improve your immune system. Acute respiratory distress syndrome is a top cause of death from COVID. Research has shown that there is an exercise-induced antioxidant that can protect against this. There's so many of these stats, it just blows your mind. And I wish this shit was shared every day on the news, yet they're refusing to do it for some ridiculous reason. There is now an abundance of evidence that vitamin D reduces COVID-19 infection, severity, ICU admission, and mortality. Collectively, studies show that vitamin D is far more effective in basal COVID-19 treatment than any additive pharmaceutical available to date. But rather than continue to rant on about all this shit, you know, maybe some of it's our fault in fitness because we sell it a certain way. We sell it as just abs and and pecs and, and butts and arms and legs, and I'm guilty of it. Um, I go half naked in a lot of these videos to reach a lot of people. Um, I don't know. Uh, but if I didn't do that, none of you would be listening. So, you know, I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. And I think most of you know who listen to the things I say and read the things I write. If you're on our newsletter, which I hope most of you are. Um, if not, hit me up. We'll put you on it. Comes out every Monday, Wednesday, Friday minimum. Uh, some weeks we do five or six emails, but every week we do three for sure fitness is much more than just looking good naked, which is super important too, because who doesn't like to have sex with hot people? If you're hot, I mean, it's fun, right? Who doesn't love to bang? But it's about strength, physical and mental. It's about muscular endurance. It's about aerobic capacity. It's about mobility. 
It's about habits, rituals, and routines. And there is more than an abundance amount of scientific evidence showing that the benefits of exercise can help with your cardiovascular you know, health and cardiovascular disease. It can help with high blood blood pressure. I don't know why I wanted to say like blood like vampire. Lose my mind. Um, It can help with cancer, obesity, diabetes, asthma, heart disease, stroke recovery, osteoporosis, and much more. And again, we can talk about the mental health benefits as well. And it's, it's indisputable. You know, exercise is medicine. And uh, the food you eat is medicine. And eating healthy is essential. Fitness is essential. Taking care of yourself is essential. And that has to be the conversation we have above all these other things. These other things are fine. I'm not, I'm not debating somebody. If you are anti-vax or pro-vax, sign you. I'm not, I'm not for you to decide what you should do with your body. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of that. Um, if you want to wear a mask everywhere or don't, that's on you. Um, if you want to stay home and never be around people, that's on you too. The biggest thing we can do is we can take care of our own individual health. If we did that collectively as individuals, as a community, and as a country, we would be in a much, much better place. Not just for this, but for everything else. Now, in terms of a vaccine, um, you guys ask me a lot. And again, I'm not, I'm not, I can't give medical advice. I'm not a doctor. I'm an idiot who teaches jumping jacks and bear crawls for a living, you know? Um, I'm not in the position to tell you what to do with your own individual body. I'm just giving you what I like to think are the best health practices to bulletproof yourself from everything. I do have dozens and dozens of doctors here, and I've had so many on the podcast over the years. Here's what I'll say. I'm a freedom of choice person. You know, uh, I'm an American, uh, deep down, you know. Uh, I'm a fan of, of rights. I'm a fan of the Constitution. It's, uh, it's ingrained in me, you know, I come from that kind of old school Midwest mentality, you know, I like the freedoms I have, I like to be able to say what the fuck I want to say, um, I like owning guns, um, there's a lot of things that I like to do that other people don't, um, it's just how I grew up and it's kind of the way of life, I'm not a fan of, of mandates, uh, I'm not a fan of requirements as a country, um, for certain things. I just, I don't, that's not who I am. As a private business, if you decide that's best for your company and you're the CEO, by all means, you can require that your employees and your patrons, they do what you ask. You're, you're the owner, you're the boss. Uh, if you want to do that, that's cool. And if those people still wish to come in there um, and enjoy your business, or if those people wish to still come in there, and work for you based on the mandates, then that's cool too. Now, both the company and the people who work there and visit there have to live with the consequences of that. So if you're an employer and you're like, everybody in my you know, business has to get vaccinated, well, you got to deal with people quitting if they don't want to do it. And you got to deal with being short-staffed and running your business accordingly. And if you're somebody who wants to require everybody who visits your business to do that, it's your own individual business and you can do what you want. And you have to live with the consequences of people visiting or not visiting. And that's okay. And 
everybody has to live with their choices. You know, uh, I'm a huge fan of that. And I think people should have the choice to do what they think is best for them based on the information that they've gathered. And, you know, for lack of a better term, you live and die with the consequences of those choices. And uh, I'm going to go into something in more detail uh, in a second, but that's the one phrase I want everybody to kind of take home with them. You know, I really think that each individual person should make a decision for themselves based on the best information they have available. They gather it, they read it, you know, they marinate on it for a little bit, and then you got to live and die with the consequences. We do this with everything. This is how it's always been. This is what we've always done. You know, so getting a shot or not, that's on each individual person. What I can say is regardless of what you decide to do, you need to take care of yourself from a health standpoint internally outside of just this small season of life. And albeit this shit's dragging on way longer than I thought, you're going to be around a lot longer than this shit's going to be a major problem for. I can almost promise you that. And so you got to be drinking water. You got to be eating right. You got to be supplementing with the right things like athletic greens, if you will, uh, like vitamin D like zinc, like a quercetin, you got to exercise, you got to move your ass, you just do, Um, you got to get legit sleep, you can't be eating bullshit all the time, and you can't be drinking seven days a week, because if you're drinking every day, or drinking a lot, eating shit, not getting good sleep, stressing the fuck out, not taking proper supplements, and eating dog shit food, think that you wearing a mask and getting a shot is going to save you from everything, you're fucking crazy, it's not. Because statistically, something else is going to get you because your body is run down. You have an individual responsibility to bulletproof yourself the best way you can. And again, that's the bigger conversation we need to have is overall health. And we're failing miserably at that. For 18 months, people in charge, if you want to call them that, which is fucking laughable. Or I guess, how do you phrase it? They're not in charge, right? Because you're in charge of yourself. You know, it matters more what you do at your house than the White House. That's how it's always been. That's how it's always going to be. It's those people who get, the, I guess, the most mainstream media time. Sadly, they've they've not made overall health a priority. Um, they've shit the bed, and, and they know that. Um, whether they're willing to admit it or not is a different thing, but they have for sure. The biggest thing I hear is just, hey, man, stay home, wear a mask, get a shot, which I'm not arguing against that messaging. But there needs to be at least an equal, if not greater, emphasis, in my opinion, on overall healthy living. And I'm not a conspiracy person, but again, there's no money in people being really healthy. At least there's not nearly as much money, right, for the giant farm companies. And if you don't need all the treatments and medications and pills, you know, you're not worth anything to them. Especially when for a lot of these things, if you watch commercials on TV, the amount of uh, high cholesterol, blood pressure, diabetes commercials I see, and I understand there's genetic anomalies you know, hereditary things. Some people just get dealt a shitty hand. But more often than not, those things can largely be cured or dramatically reduced by eating right, getting good sleep, exercising, and just not treating your body like a dumpster. If you fix that issue, a lot of the other shit, COVID, diabetes, heart disease, metabolic disease, those things tend to be a much, much smaller problem than we're seeing today. 
I hope that helps kind of clarify, you know, my stance on it all. Because I really think at the end of the day, the biggest impact you're going to have on this and everything else is the way that you live your life internally with the things you put in it and the way that you treat it. And that's just the truth. I don't think anybody, any physician or anyone else can argue with that. It really isn't. And I did see something that was shared um, via town hall on uh, on Facebook, Instagram. Some people have been sending it to me. Um, private messages. Thank you, guys. It's actually a really cool little clip. It's just um, it's a swipe video reel, and it's just a, it's just talking about imagine if our government handled the pandemic this way. And now again, I'm going to share what's written here. It's not necessarily my personal opinion. Um, I'm a fan of freedom. I'm a fan of people having choices. Do I think we need to have things like cigarettes in the world? I don't. Some people love them. If that's someone's business model and we haven't outlawed them, if you want to smoke a fucking carton a day, that's on you, dude. But if you get lung cancer in two years, you're living and dying with the consequences of the choices you're making. Like anything else. Should you be able to jump out of an airplane if you want? Yeah, I've done it myself. And I'm living you know, because of it, I didn't die, but there's a risk there. Either this parachute's going to open or it's not, or something's going to happen on the way down. But I'm a fan of freedom and choices. This swipe here is talking about if the government handled the pandemic in a different way than obviously the way that they've went about it. And it goes on to say, imagine all fast food locations will be closed as they don't offer products with adequate nutritional value and they promote chronic inflammation, through their processed foods, seed oils, and high sugar content. Imagine if the government gave out free organic vegetables and fruits to all citizens, supporting local farms first, paid for by the government, and all the foods that are highly processed, GMO, excessive in sugar content, or made with inflammatory oils, will be removed from the shelves. An immediate ban on all tobacco products, as smoking during the pandemic that attacks the lungs and throat, is clearly dangerous for everyone's health. Vitamin D, quercetin, vitamin C, and zinc are being subsidized and delivered to your front door, or even maybe athletic greens. Encouragement to walk outside for at least 10 to 30 minutes each morning for fresh air, grounding, and the all-important natural vitamin D. Free meditation stream daily as a consistent meditation practice has been shown to reduce stress and inflammation levels in the body. That is also backed by science. What if they gave away free functional medicine consults and unreasonable support for the most vulnerable, high-risk people? And all gyms incentivized to offer 20% off to remain open, plus government-sponsored free in-home workout stream daily, exercise, boosts your immune system, and lowers information, which we know. That, my friends, would be a major step in the right direction to improve the country's health and reduce the primary risk factors in fatalities for all viruses, not just this. Now, I understand that is like a perfect scenario of things to fall in line. I'm not necessarily advocating to do all of that, but most certainly with all the money we spent on other dumb shit, we could have done a lot of those things. Now, do I think you have to close fast food places? No. But I also don't think that if when my gym was closed, McDonald's and Burger King needed to be open. That just seems fucking dumb to me. But hey, I'm not the one in charge. Uh, 
I do think a lot of the things that are said there would help us out a lot overall. And honestly, like we spend a bunch of money on dumb stuff, so I don't see why we couldn't spend it on things that actually do help. But hey, just my two cents. So that is my choices and, and kind of freedom rant part of the podcast. It went way longer than I thought. Um, I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm not trying to convince you to do anything. I don't care what you do. If you took anything from that, it should be, you need to make yourself the healthiest you can be because nobody else is going to save you. Somebody else getting shots and somebody else wearing a mask is not going to make you immortal from all the things that are going to come your way. You are in control of your life. You are the CEO of everything you eat, how you exercise, how you sleep, and the way you live your life. And when you can start taking real responsibility for your actions, your life is going to get pretty good. It'd be nice if everybody ate as healthy as me and did the things that I do, but I'm not going to force it on anyone. I'm just trying to lead by example and doing the things I can. And the other things are just, you know, they're they're just dressing on the side. They're not really, the steak is your immune system and your body and everything else. If you can add to it with some other things, that's great. But you got to make yourself healthy because this is not the only thing that people die from. This isn't the only thing people catch. This is not the only thing people are going to the hospital for and getting treatment for and dying from. So just take that as you move forward. Now, on to today. Talking dietary fiber here. Now, most of you know what fiber is, uh, surface level, but we're going to go deep in the fiber train here. For most of you, not the sexiest uh, episode. Uh, a lot of people like the fat loss stuff or different things, but this is equally as important for multiple reasons, and I'm going to get to that. Now, I'm going to play off a piece from my friends at the Mayo Clinic. They're talking about fiber in kind of a well-rounded spectrum. And I'll give my own personal take on the things I do and why I feel it's important and what it's done for my life. But it's essential for a healthy diet, in my opinion. Now, you're going to get some people who might be on the carnivore train, which they may disagree with me, uh, and that's fine. But I do think it's helpful. And, you know, I'm talking, this is research here from the Mayo Clinic. I can also give you anecdotal evidence of myself, what it's done for me, my wife, and the people that obviously I prescribe uh, certain supplements and uh, eating protocols to. But you got to eat more fiber. Most Americans really do. And you've probably heard that before. But do you really know why it's good for you? Most people don't. Dietary fiber found mainly fruits, vegetables, whole grains, uh, and legumes. It's probably best known for the ability to prevent or relieve constipation, which I'll get down the poop rabbit hole in a second. We do have a whole podcast on poop if you want to hear that in detail, but I'm going to get uh, messy here. Uh, (laughs) That was disgusting uh, when I talk about it for this one. But foods that contain fiber are going to provide a bunch of other health benefits. It's going to help you maintain a healthy weight, which I'll talk about, lower your risk of diabetes, heart disease, and some types of cancer. Also, uh, being full and and satiated is a huge piece of it. And we already know that heart disease is the number one killer of people in this country. One every four people die from it. 655,000 people per year die from it. And if fiber can help it, why would you not integrate more of it into your life? It's a brainless answer. Now, 
picking foods that taste good that have fiber in them is actually pretty simple. Um, all the fruits you like, and I'm going to go into kind of a rabbit hole detail of that, but I'll talk about how much dietary fiber you need and the foods that contain it and how much you should add to your meals or snacks, depending on your eating style. So nuts and bolts of it. What is dietary fiber for somebody who doesn't really know? Fiber is basically like bulk forming uh, or like a roughage. We're talking about parts of a plant that your body cannot digest fully or absorb. So unlike other foods such as fats, proteins, carbohydrates, or other macros, which your body breaks down and absorbs, fiber is not digested by your body. You heard that right. Fiber is not digested by your body. Instead, it passes, for the most part, intact. So it stays together through your stomach, your small intestines, and your colon, and then eventually out your butt. It comes, that's what it is. Um... Fiber is commonly classified as soluble, which dissolves in water, or insoluble, which does not dissolve in water. Now, there is a big difference between the two. Soluble fiber, this is a type of fiber that dissolves in water to form kind of like a gel-like material, almost like a gelatinous, if you will. It can help lower blood cholesterol and glucose levels. Soluble fiber is found in things like oatmeal, uh, peas, beans, apples, citrus fruits, carrots, barley, and uh, psyllium. Which, am I saying that right? Psyllium? Psyllium? I'm a moron. Uh, psyllium husk. Is, you can get a, the organic versions. A lot of the stores have them. Amazon has them. It uh, helps kind of bulk up uh, your poop, if you will. So if you're a person who's like, you know, shitting rabbit pellets, you're Bro, well, you're probably constipated. If it's like soft, watery, like, you know, you're peeing out of your butt, uh, you're constipated. The crazy thing is, is that uh, the psyllium husk actually does both. If you're a person who has diarrhea, it's going to actually uh, bulk it up and slow things down. If you're someone who's constipated, it'll bind it together to kind of push things and, and hopefully keep you more regular. Now, that's the soluble fiber train. Now, if it's insoluble fiber, this fiber promotes the movement of materials through your digestive system and increases the stool bulk. So it can benefit those who struggle with constipation. And like I said, irregular stools. We're talking whole wheat flour, whole wheat bran, uh, nuts, beans, vegetables, things like cauliflower, green beans, even potatoes um, are good sources of that insoluble fiber. Both are important. And I think you should have a mix of both in your diet every day. Now, the amount of soluble and insoluble fiber varies in different plant foods. And to receive the greatest health benefit, I think you should eat a, ride, a wide variety of the foods. So you could do all the things mentioned. And if you supplemented with something like uh, the psyllium husk, uh, chia seeds are also amazing, and flaxseed. Those also are packed with omegas. But the chia seeds and the flax seeds are great. I actually put those when I do, I make like uh, when I'm making dinner, if I'm having like a shake or something as I'm going or I'll drink like a koya and have like oatmeal as I'm making my food. I usually do this. I eat like once a day for the most part. And I'm usually super hungry by the time I'm ready to eat. So I'm actually like, it's like an hour window I eat basically. And so I'll like drink maybe one of the koya plant-based protein drinks which they sent us a ton. They taste amazing. And I'll do like an oatmeal 
but I'll mix in chia seeds and the flaxseed powder in there. So if the oatmeal is like, let's say, you know, three, four grams of fiber, the chia seeds is like another four or five, and the flax seeds like another four or five, plus the Koya drink, I'm already at like 20 grams right there. It just helps keep things moving through the system. And so someone's like, well, why does this matter, Jeremy? Why do I really give a shit? Well, I don't think most people even know like what a healthy poop, you know, feels like or looks like. I can talk about this in great deal TL2, but we already have. The benefits of you guys having like a higher fiber diet. Obviously, everybody's different. Some people have um, IBS. Some people have uh, also colitis. There's a lot of things going on. So this is down to each individual. I'm just giving you a well-rounded picture for the average person. When you have a diet that's rich in fiber, it's going to normalize your bowel movements. So to be regular, I think is a good thing. You'd rather shit at the, about the same times every day, as opposed to one day you poop once, one day you poop seven times, you may poop at five in the morning, now you're pooping at two in the afternoon. I'm a person who likes to keep it the same. Uh, I just feel like overall hygiene, cleanliness, and just kind of how you live your life. Like no one wants to be in a work meeting and then feel like they have to go blow up the bathroom. That just seems like it'd be fucking terrible. If you could regulate it, why would you not? Well, fiber does help with that. It increases the weight and the size of your stool, and it also softens it. The bulk stool is obviously easier to pass, decreasing your chance of constipation. If you have a loose stool, watery stool, fiber is going to help you to kind of solidify the stool because it absorbs the water and adds bulk to the stool. So no matter what side of the fence you're on, if you have like, you know, rock hard, solid stuff, rabbit pellets, or watery liquid shit, Fiber is going to normalize it and going to bulk it up and make it more solid and soft and easier to come out on the back end. Who doesn't love that? Also, it's going to help maintain your bowel health. These kind of diets that have more fiber in them, they're going to lower your risk of developing, you know, small pouches in your colon. Um, I believe that is the diverticular disease. Um, studies are found that high fiber diets are going to lower the risk of, you know, colorectal cancer. Some type of fiber, um, is fermented like in the colon. Research is showing that, um, it plays a role in preventing diseases of the colon, which colon cancer is actually very common. I think dudes, uh, more so than women, somebody can fact check me on that, but that's the reality. It can also lower cholesterol levels. Soluble fiber, which is the one found in beans, oats, like I mentioned, flaxseed, and oat bran can help lower total blood cholesterol by lowering the low-density lipoprotein or bad cholesterol levels. And studies have also shown that higher fiber foods may have an overall heart health benefit uh, by reducing blood pressure and inflammation, which is pretty badass. It can also help control your blood sugar levels. So people with diabetes, for example, fiber, particularly the soluble fiber, that can slow the absorption of sugar and help improve blood sugar levels. A healthy diet that includes insoluble fiber may also reduce the risk of developing type 2 diabetes, which we know is super common these days. If you watch TV, it's every other fucking commercial and fiber can help with that. It also aids you guys in achieving a healthier weight. High fiber foods tend to be more filling than low fiber foods. So common sense, 
you're less likely to eat as much because you're staying satisfied for longer. Satiety and satiation, how your brain and gut are communicating. High fiber foods tend to take longer to eat and they tend to be less energy dense, means they have fewer calories for the volume of food. If you've never added something like uh, the psyllium husk to your oatmeal, or I've put it in my athletic greens before, which I would not suggest. Um, it, I had to like chew it basically, super, um, super thick. And in your oatmeal, you can't really tell. It just gives a little bit of texture. That's why I like to do chia seeds and flax seeds. And I sometimes will do uh, psyllium in my oatmeal as well. You're full. Like it fills your gut up. And you're like, man, I barely eat any calories, but my gut is just full right now. And not like in a bloated, gross way. You just feel like you ate a ton of food. And it is, I guess, volume dense, but it's not calorie dense, which is pretty legit. Also, it said it can help you live longer. Like you'll be Benjamin Button. You're going to go backwards and you end up being a baby. I'm kidding. Uh, but it does say you can live longer. Studies suggest that increasing your fiber intake is associated with reducing the risk of cardiovascular disease and other forms of cancer, which if that doesn't sell you on it, I don't know what does. Now, how much fiber do you need? That's the tricky part. Um, the Institution of Medicine, which provides science-based evidence on matters of medicine and health, gives the following fiber recommendations for adults. Ages 50 or younger, if you're a man, they're suggesting you eat about 38 grams of fiber per day. Now, off the top, that is a lot of fiber. If you are a woman, ages 50 or younger, they're suggesting you get about 25 grams of fiber per day. If you are a dude who is 51 or older, 30 grams is sufficient. If you are a female, 51 or older, they say 21 grams is sufficient. Um, what I'll say is this, track your stuff on my fitness pal or write it down by pen and paper. I don't care. See how much fiber you're eating a day. If you're a dude who's 45 years old and you're eating 10 grams of fiber per day, do not, I repeat, do not eat 38 grams of fiber tomorrow. You will have a miserable experience one way or the other whether it's bloating, gas, or massive diarrhea. Um, you don't want to do that. Fiber is a gradual thing. If you're at 10 grams today, maybe bump it up to 15. See how you do and slowly go up from there. Same thing for my ladies out there. If you're eating 5 grams today, don't go to 25 grams tomorrow. Um, and don't wear white pants. It ain't going to be a good look. Um, I'm kidding, but in all seriousness, like you guys, you have to understand how much is going in and make a gradual uh, increase. It's the same way I would tell you if you haven't exercised in two years, don't come in here and do a Sunday advanced Metcon. You won't be able to walk for a week and odds are uh, you're going to get injured or hurt or something bad's going to happen. It's a gradual process. So men, 50 or younger, 38 grams, 50 or older, 30 grams, women, 50 or younger, 25 grams, 51 or older, 21 grams. And what are the best fiber choices? We talked about a couple of them quick. Whole grain products, if you're into grains, uh, fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, beans, peas, legumes, things like that. Your refined or processed foods like canned fruits and vegetables, the you know pulp-free juices, 
white breads, pastas, non-whole grain cereals, those things are really low in fiber and more often than not dog shit for your body. There's no nutrients in canned fruit. Uh, remember like when you're in school and you went to did school lunch and they give you like a scoop of like fruit cocktail, they might as well just pour Mountain Dew in that little, that little space because that stuff was bullshit. Um, it tasted great. I ate it as a kid. You'd open it up. It'd be like all syrupy. There'd be like some cherries in there, some pears, peaches. Was that all that's in there? And like a, in like a syrup, literally. It's just sugar. There's no nutrients in the canned shit. Same thing for like your canned, uh, God, you know what my dad used to make me? Oh man, I'm going to, I don't want to get too far off topic here, but and God bless my dad. He was, uh, my parents were divorced, a split time between them, uh, through various parts of my childhood. And, uh, neither of my, neither of my parents are, are great cooks. I don't want to, you know, let my mom off the hook here either. Cause she would like make me macaroni and cheese which I guess there is some nutrients in that, but basically it's bullshit. Thanks mom. But, uh, my dad in his, um, you know, bachelor style Midwest truck driver, uh, ways. I remember I don't want to eat a lot of stuff and we didn't know anything about nutrition and sometimes for dinner and I was shit you not. And I can remember it. He had these little gl- they were glass bowls and on the each end they had, uh, you could grab them with your fingers. So it won't be super hot these little glass bowls. And for dinner, he would pour me a can of like jolly green giant corn and cut a few pieces of butter in there and put a little salt and pepper on it. And that would be my dinner. The fact that I'm not fucking dead is a miracle. And here's your dinner and I'll probably have a Pepsi. Um, congratulations. Uh, no nutrients whatsoever, just sugar and bullshit. There is no nutrients in the, in those canned veggies. Even if you're eating green beans, I don't care. It's their dog shit. If you're going to do veggies, you guys fresh or frozen, that's the game. Frozen is fine. There's a ton of, the nutrients are great in the frozen vegetables, not the canned stuff. Uh, the fiber in the frozen ones, probably legit. Um, same thing with the fresh ones, but the canned stuff, it's complete garbage. You know, the, the grain refining process removes the kind of the outer coat or the bran, you know, from the grain. So if you're eating like that white wonder bread, which I grew up on, it's dog shit. There's no, there's nothing in there for you, just sugars. And, um, it also lowers the fiber content when you strip away all the real stuff and the enriched foods, you know, they have some B vitamins and iron that's added back in after the process, but not naturally. And they, and not the fiber. So you got, if you're going to do like grains, like the Ezekiel products are good or the legit oat meals or the legit oat brands, those things, if you're talking the grain route. Now, fiber supplements and like the fortified foods. Now, whole foods uh, is always the king. But uh, if you're going to supplement, like I mentioned, uh, the things like the psyllium uh, husk is great. They do have other things like I'm sure you've seen the popular brands like Metamucils and uh what the hell is it like? I think Metamucil is the brand, right? Like they trademarked it, or like Citrusel or Fibercon. Um, there's no vitamins, minerals in those things, but they do have uh, fiber in them. So I'm a fan. If you're going to go that route, my top three would be uh, the psyllium uh, husk, the flax seed powder, and the chia seeds themselves. You could do flax seeds too, I suppose, but we do the flax seed powder. It tends to mix better in things like oatmeal and shakes. The chia seeds are also great in oatmeals uh, or like throw them in yogurts if you guys are dairy people. Those are great. And then the psyllium husk can be in a shake or your oatmeals or any baked goods in our reality. Um, 
another way, if you guys, if, if you're a, a person who eats like the, the more natural cereals, I guess that can work. There is certain bars and yogurts and ice creams that do add fiber in. I don't really dig into those too much. But if you're looking at things like that, the fiber is usually labeled as inulin, I-N-U-L-I-N, or um, the chicory root. Is that how you say that? Uh, C-H-I-C-O-R-Y root. Uh, Quest bars used to have a lot of those things thrown up in them. So there is that. So if you see those two things, um, those are in the fiber family. But some people do complain about... um, being gassy or becoming like a fart monster if they're eating foods uh, with too much of that added in there. So I do think you should eat as much as you can, but then supplementing on the side with those things is probably the best way to ensure that, you know, you don't get constipated, have diarrhea, or, you know, it doesn't mess with like your IBS if that's who you are. And so before anything, talk with your doctor about, you know, what you should add to your diet, what you shouldn't, what's going to work good for you. Hopefully you have an educated physician on these things and what fiber supplement they would suggest, which ones they're fans of, which ones they think they do or don't need. If you already poop, you know, like perfect, you know, Lincoln log soft serve, then you're probably fine. But if your poop, you know, doesn't look like, you know, a brown Dairy Queen Lincoln log cone coming out of your butt, uh, these things are probably going to help you make a smoother exit, if you will. Now, real quick tips on getting more fiber. Um, if you're a breakfast person, that's easy. Um, there is like the higher fiber cereals. If you're a cereal person, um, whole grains, bran, or fiber in the name is probably the best way to go, but really read it and do your due diligence. Um, or just adding like a few tablespoons of like unprocessed uh, wheat bran to things like cereal or oatmeal are great. Or like I said, I use an oatmeal I make it, I throw cinnamon in there, flax, uh, and also chia seeds, and I'll cut up a banana. It actually tastes amazing. It's like one of the best things to eat all day, and there's a ton of fiber packed in there. Also, like we talked about, switching to whole grains and uh, not eating like the really processed bullshit. Uh, Things that have at least two grams of fiber per serving, if not more, Uh, brown rice, wild rice, barley, whole wheat, Ezekiel products are also great for that. You can also bulk up your baked goods if you're somebody who does bake. You can add things like the uh, unprocessed wheat bran, the psyllium, uh, oatmeal into things like if you do make muffins and cakes and cookies and that stuff. I don't do that because I don't know how to bake and I'd be 400 pounds. But if that's your jam, then do it. A lot of you, uh, legumes are great. If you do things like beans, peas, lentils, those are a great source of fiber. Uh, kidney beans are legit, uh, green salads, uh, you can throw, honestly, if you're making a salad, you can throw a lot of those things on there, you know, or even into soups, if you will. Like, that's the thing. Like, it's always nice to get more roughage, like just, you know, if it's spinach and kale and those things, but throwing like kidney beans onto a salad's legit. Or if you are a person who's like, I'm going to eat some nachos and like, you know, watch a football game and be a real human, that's fine. But things like, uh, refried black, excuse me, refried black beans uh, are legit. Fresh veggies, or using things like a whole wheat uh, tortillas if you guys are making tacos and things like that. It's an easy way to do, even if you're not eating perfect, which is, I want you to be a real person, do what you need to do. But by integrating 
some of these healthy fibers into your shit food, it's going to keep the process moving a lot smoother. And the reason I say that is because when people go on vacations or go out to dinners and do these things out of the normal routine, their digestive system tends to get thrown off whack. They're eating maybe more dairy, drinking more booze, drinking less water, and just eating things that are out of the norm. And if they normally eat you know, 30 grams of fiber a day. Now they're on vacation eating 10 grams of fiber, but also pounding a bunch of alcohol, being dehydrated and eating dairy. And now they have a backup problem, which is not great. Or they go the other way where they got, you know, a peeing out the butt problem. And neither one of those is sexy or fun. So I do think even if you're going to make some of those, you know, unhealthier snacks like nachos, there's a way you can kind of game it to throw more fiber in there, which is pretty awesome. Also, common sense, eat more fruits and veggies. Uh, rich in fiber, vitamins, minerals. You know, most people, you got to try to eat like five or more a day, which is really tough to do. So if you can't, throw in athletic greens or something like that. But even if you're someone who can't digest a ton of veggies uh, really well, like myself, throwing in the chia and flax goes a long way. And then obviously your snacks, right? Like so instead of always eating bullshit, Try the fresh fruits, try the raw veggies with like hummus. My wife has been buying a bunch of these other kind of uh, like sexier dips. Like uh, like a, there was like a cauliflower buffalo dip she had the other day with carrots, which is great. There's things like that that do exist now. Um, you can also do like a handful of nuts. And um, that's probably the snacks I would stick with for the most part. And obviously, you know, this isn't rocket science. It's all stuff you probably should know and maybe didn't know, but high fiber foods, man, they're good for your health. They really are. And, uh, again, full warning, adding too much too quick is not a good, not a good look, man. Especially if you're trying to, you know, have date night and, uh, you know, get a little frisky with your uh, significant other. If, uh, you just ate 40 grams of fiber and you usually only eat 20, Intestinal gas, bloating, cramping uh, is probably going to be in your future. So take it real slow. Increase it gradually over the next couple of weeks. Allow the natural bacteria in your digestive system to kind of adjust. And also drink a shit ton of water. You already should be doing this, but, but literally fiber works best when it can absorb water, making your stool soft and bulky and just keeps your whole system running. Just think of water like this natural lubricant of how everything kind of moves through space. And uh, if you do that with your fiber intake, like I think you guys will be okay. So it is important and you should be at least tracking it or have a general idea of how much you're eating each day. Now, I'm tired, but I need to drop this on you real quick before I go because this podcast is titled Fiber and Freedom and Finances. And we've talked about my take on freedoms, We've talked about fiber, and now we're going to dig into just the money piece here. And I sent out an email on the newsletter today. It was a short snippet I wrote uh, quite a while back, and I share it, you know, maybe a couple times a year, just as a reminder. And I saw my man, Tommy Baker. In fact, I need to write this down. Tommy has a book coming out, and I need to get his ass back on the podcast. So he is on my list. I got a list of about eight or nine people here on the podcast. Heather's coming on next on Sunday. The following Friday, my plan is to have James Patrick on here. Um, 
And James is going to give you guys a unique perspective on health, fitness, building a business in this kind of industry, which would be cool. I've known him for a long time. He shot some of the magazine covers I've been on, and I've probably worked with him like 100 times over the last couple of years. I spoke at his conference, as a matter of fact, and have done a few other things. So if you're a fitness professional or just a health person in general, you're going to benefit a lot from that. But anyways, that's what I got coming up. But I put out this today because it was important to me to bring a reminder back to people. And the title of the email was Money Will Not Do This. And it's a real simple premise. I wrote Money Will Not Make You a Better Human. Giant homes, fancy cars, expensive jewelry, designer clothes. None of these material things has the power to make you truly happy. Money doesn't change us. It merely exposes us and amplifies who we already are. If you're a kind, giving, thoughtful person, money is only going to highlight that. If you're an asshole, all money's going to do is make you a bigger asshole. So the takeaway is you got to hustle for the right reasons and always try to be a good human. And I think most of us know that deep down. But what we know and what we do are often not the same things. A lot of people, you know, they talk the talk, but they don't really walk the walk. You know, they're not a, a practitioner. They're they're hypocrites of what they're trying to do. They're spending their life pursuing something, oftentimes to fill a gap or a void or to feel a sense of accomplishment and achievement and importance. And I'm not against money and stuff. I make a good amount and I bought some nice things over the years, but it's not what drives me and it doesn't really fill my cup. And I love what I do and I happen to be kind of good at it. So people pay me for it and it's awesome and I'm, I'm blessed beyond measure. But a lot of people don't like what they do. And they think money is going to do something for them that it won't do. And I and I wish I could could rip out what's inside of me and, and instill it in all of you guys. Because I'm no happier today than I was 15 years ago when I was, you know, in debt, completely fucking broke and didn't know what I was doing. I'm uh, I'm more fulfilled now internally as a person. I don't stress about money like I did when I was broke. But it most certainly doesn't do anything for me other than, you know, allow me to to, to go places and, and see things and, and feel okay if something breaks or blows up, I can financially afford it. But it doesn't bring me this sense of fulfillment and joy that I guess I thought it would when I was a broke kid looking at people who had money. Especially if you're somebody who does something that they don't like for a living and they hate their job, or at least they don't enjoy it, and they're doing it just to pay for a mortgage payment and a car payment and a bunch of other bullshit. And I always come back to the Tyler Durden quote because it it hits home. You know, you buy things you don't need with money you don't have to impress people you don't like. You know, and what you end up finding out is the things you own, they end up owning you. And that's a shitty place to be, man. And that's why I write, you know, money will not 
give you this esoteric, like, you know, majestic fucking fulfillment of like, everything's okay. Cause it's just a tool to buy things and go places and, uh, and to feel safe and secure. And we all need it. It's an economical world. I'm not going to be here and, you know, blow, you know, unicorn smoke up your ass, but it's not the end all be all is what I'm driving at. And Tommy wrote a little nugget that ties in perfectly. And it goes like this. And I quote, if you can't create happiness at $37,000 a year, you won't find it at 111,000 or 392,000 or 1.1 million. And that sounds crazy. And you may be thinking like, what does that mean? And a lot of people think, you know, once I get there, I'll find peace. Once I get there, I'll find clarity. Once I get there, I'll find freedom. Yeah, you don't. Because happiness, we feel unfamiliar to you if you're waiting to find it in a destination. And you can look at countless, you know, movie stars, entrepreneurs, and creatives who got everything they ever wanted in terms of money and material possessions, but are still miserable as fuck. And uh, the success that you're searching for, this kind of state of being, it's something that can be created long before you make it, long before you arrive, long before you're insta-famous and you're a person. You know, I think we think success is only an end game, but it is a journey and you can create it and live in it long before you hit whatever goal or milestone you're trying to achieve. And if you can create it now, why would you not? It's not going to magically appear because your bank account added a digit to your checking or savings account and your overall net worth. And I share this from a place of experience. I'm not trying to flex here or do anything, but I always thought, you know, when you became a millionaire, something changed and it became different and it doesn't. Nothing's different from the day before and the day after. The day your net worth is 998000 and the day your net worth is $2 million. Nothing changes. Nobody sends you, you know, a notification. There's not a party. Once you go from making $57,000 a year to $77,000 a year, the happiness level doesn't drastically increase. Now, there's, I'm sure, a shift from 20 grand to 70 because you can buy more things and be more comfortable. But you create that happiness. It doesn't magically just show up for you when you hit a milestone. Like, oh, you paid your house off. The world's going to change. It doesn't. You're still going to live your same life. And I think the number one problem is with the ambitious is they, they wait for some mythical oasis in the future to create these states of happiness, the state of joy, the state of presence, the state of gratitude, the state of aliveness, the state of abundance. And now when I tell people about this, they say, well, if it won't make me happy, then, you know, why would I even strive for it? And if you're listening and you're saying that, you're missing the point because striving for the goal 
with a future horizon that lights you up is crucial for your psychological well-being. You know, we are literally hardwired to set goals. Otherwise, we become bags of shit, basically. Like we become these Netflix binging sloths who don't do a lot with our lives. We're meant to search more. Our, our mind wants to know more. It wants to do more. We want to make progress. If you're not growing, you're dying. I'm a huge believer in that. If you do it right, you can have the best of both worlds. During the journey and when you're reaching checkpoints on the destination, the thrill of chasing something or striving for it or making a dream come to life, that's loving the process today. And to me, that's everything. That's the end result. Because if you only are waiting to reach the goal, you're always searching for the next goal, the next result, the next recording deal. And that's going to amplify, you know, who and what you already are as you kind of go down the journey. And I say the, the thrill of it because when you get to the goal and you achieve it, I'm not saying don't be mindful and appreciate the moment, but then you're like, now what? And I talk about this a lot on here because it's the most recent, a bigger financial milestone that we did was when we did pay off our house a couple of years ago and we drove to the bank. You wire the last payment. That's how it works. Wells Fargo had had owned our mortgage at the time. And we go in. Shout out to my girl, Cinnamon. Uh, that's her name, who helped us uh, put the payment through. Um, I, I wire one last payment, and the house is paid off. It was a Wednesday morning, and uh, I didn't go into work early. I stayed at home just to do that. We go in, wire the payment. She says, Congratulations. Um, we take a terrible photo that we've never shared because my wife and I both look like a bag of shit. And then I dropped my wife off back home and then I drove to work. We put out a podcast, which is the most popular one we've ever done. Uh, it is now, it wasn't at the time we made an Instagram post and people talked about it for about a day. And then we went on with our lives, but nothing changed for me in that moment. Nothing changed that day. I think we went to dinner uh, like the week before, after that, I can't remember now. That's how, you know, insignificant that moment was. But the journey, the chasing to do it, playing the game, striving to get it done faster than I planned, like budgeting, saving, cutting, as annoying and as painful and as stupid as it was at times, it was everything. I was loving the process of it, and then I took pride in the accomplishment after. But I wasn't just focusing on, well, once I get here, then I'll be happy. Then I can relax. I'm like, that's not what it is. It's the process of doing it. Because in that place, the growth, the results, the outcomes, and the money, you know, then they can light a fire of energy. And that can be cultivated inside you and you can spread further. But you can't just wait until to be happy, to be fulfilled. Because the reality is, it's never done. We never have it figured out. The game is never over. And if it is, you're basically fucking dead. You know, I'm not where I want to be in my business today. I'm not where I want to be in my speaking today. I'm not where I want to be in my writing today. I'm not where I want to be in my efficiency or my physical body. And despite all those things of me kind of wanting to be a little bit better, I'm the happiest fucking dude I know. Like the, I'm the most probably fulfilled person that I know 
who takes pride in what they do. I take my craft very serious in the people here I serve, but not myself. And why am I happy even though I am not where I want to be? Because the pursuit of it, the playing the game, the journey of it makes me feel alive. While I'm accessing these states of clarity and peace and freedom right now, not waiting till, right now. And I was doing the same shit when I was broke, you know, praying to, you know, God and, and source energy in the universe to throw me a fucking lifeline of like, what the hell I'm supposed to do? And how do I get my broke ass out of debt? And how can I ever, you know, afford a house or take a trip or do anything? And that's where I'm at today. On a bigger scale, you know, you have to really understand that it's about the experience. It's not about just when I get here. And so many people are focused on that. The same thing goes for weight loss and fat loss and everything else. They want to rush the process of it and you, you can't do it. You know, the best thing is, is being fulfilled and proud of yourself along the way. And learning from the mistakes and the bumps that come with it. So the question you have to ask yourself is, you know, do you want to create happiness in your life? And if so, how do you want to do that? And when do you want to start doing that? Because it can start today. And if you really think that through, it hits deep if you think about it for a minute. And if you use fat loss and weight loss as a quick example, the person who lost 100 pounds... I would hope that they didn't hate themselves when they only had lost 26 and 46 and 62 and 78 and 81 because the 100 is an arbitrary number. Losing 20 pounds is impressive and should be congratulated. And you should give yourself a pat on the back for that. And there's going to be ups and downs. You might gain some, you might lose some. It's not just this straight trajectory to success. There's peaks and valleys. There's ups and downs. But it's because of those. It's because of the setbacks and the roadblocks and the shit you got to deal with over time. That's what makes you you. That's what brings you clarity. That's what teaches you how to be resilient, how to be stronger, how to be more mindful. Because if it wasn't hard, if there wasn't setbacks, if it wasn't a long journey, you wouldn't appreciate it because it's easy. Easy come, easy go, as they say. All the great things in life take sacrifice and struggle and dedication. It's just the truth. I've never really been given anything of, uh, of any great value, uh, monetary-wise or other. Um, my parents aren't rich, working class, Midwest. I am uh, financially much more successful than both of them. And uh, that's not a knock on them. They did the best they, they could with what they had. I have a higher education. I have the fucking internet. Um, I have the benefit of them teaching me right things. And they never gave me, hey, Jeremy, here's a million dollar house, which we know people that happens for. They never say, hey, Jeremy, here's a free Mercedes when you're 16. I got a 1990 Chevy Corsica worth, you know, 1500 bucks. And I fucking loved it. Cut the back seats out, put some 12-inch subwoofers in there, banging bourbons and lax all the way to high school like a complete fucking knucklehead. <sighs> Not much has changed. The point of me sharing that is I've never gotten anything just handed to me, and neither did my parents. But you appreciate those things so much more when you work for them. When you buy your own vehicle, 
you take care of it a hell of a lot better than somebody fucking gave it to you. If you buy your own house with your own money and you pay it off with your own blood, sweat, and tears, you take care of it a hell of a lot better and you appreciate it way more than if your parents just fucking gave it to you. If you lose 100 pounds the right way, you didn't get some crazy-ass surgery, you didn't fucking starve yourself and, and shortcut it, you really changed your habits, your rituals, and your routines, and it took you a year, a year and a half to do it. You learned so much about yourself. You became a different human. It changed who you were. All these things, you guys, it's the journey. It really is. And I share it in the context of fitness and material things, and I also tie it into money for the fact of it doesn't make you happy if it comes easy. It really doesn't. And you have to start understanding like what the important things are. And if you're striving to be in better shape or become more educated or become more financially successful, that's awesome. But don't get so wrapped up in your head and thinking, well, once I get here, then it will be different. It can be different today. You can find a state of happiness. You can find peace. You can find clarity. You can find freedom in the journey along the way. And you need to, because if you don't do it now, the feeling of happiness may never come to you even when you reach the goal because it ends up being rather deflating and it will be so unfamiliar to you. You won't know how to handle it. So enjoy the journey. Enjoy the process. Work your ass off. Take the wins with the losses. Don't get so caught up in winning the first quarter because it doesn't fucking matter. You're trying to win the game. So there's going to be lead changes, swings in momentum. You'll be up a couple points, you might be down a couple points, and that's fine. But at the end of the day, if you stay consistent and appreciate the process here and just love playing the game, you're going to win when it's all said and done. Hopefully, that made at least some sense to you guys. I am getting tired. I need to exercise and move my ass here and then go home and eat some real food. But I thank you guys, and I appreciate you, and hopefully I answered your questions uh, on a handful of things. Hopefully you learned more about fiber today than you probably ever wanted to learn. But it's important, and I think it matters. And if you got questions on any of the things I mentioned, hit me up. I'm happy to chime back. And again, thank you to our sponsors, Athletic Greens, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott, your supply of free vitamin D and five free travel packs. Shout out to my homies at BeamCBD, BeamTLC.com. The code is Jeremy Scott for 20% off all products, 35% off all subscriptions. If you want a dream sample, hit me up. I'll send it to you. If you want an athletic green sample, hit me up. I'll send it to you. And then also shout out to our new sponsor, Joey'sHotSauce.com. The code is Jeremy25 to get you some legit organic hot sauce that is keto friendly and there is no preservatives no sugars and no bullshit and it is hot going in and i probably have to guess it's hot going out i don't know but my wife loves it and everybody here loves it i think you guys will too seems like a legit dude great quality ingredients great product i'm happy to partner with those dudes and then if you want to try the j lab collagen uh Pro. JSF40 for 40% off the collagen or hit me up. I'll give you guys a free supplement guide and all the links to these products as well. I thank you as always. If you're watching on YouTube, I appreciate you guys. Make sure you subscribe to the Jeremy Scott Fitness podcast, uh, excuse me, the Jeremy Scott Fitness YouTube channel. And if you listen to the Jeremy Scott Fitness podcast on iTunes, stop. Don't be a lazy ass. Go to the Apple icon on Apple Podcasts, not iTunes. I'm dating myself. I'm old as hell. Scroll your finger down. Drop it a five star. I truly would appreciate it. It helps us. 
And if you dig this, share it with a friend, a buddy, tag us on your Instagram stories or Facebook or LinkedIn or wherever you listen to it. I'm happy to reshare it and comment and uh, just wrap with you guys. So as always, we appreciate you. I'll be back Sunday with Heather on an episode. And until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people. And please, you guys, keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.